I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, Wednesday edition of the program. Buck still on his honeymoon with the lovely Carrie out for the rest of this week. He is somewhere in the South Pacific living it up. I am with you here, Clay Travis, to roll through the stories of the day and help bring a little bit of sanity to an insane world. I hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesdays, giving you a little bit of a roadmap Uh, of where we're headed on the show next hour we're going to dive into this ohio train spill and what exactly is going on there with bill johnson the congressman who represents that area the latest news there uh we will also continue to follow the ongoing crisis surrounding what do we even shoot down uh and why do we still not know what we shot down over the past week or so and what exactly happened there uh we will discuss as it is underway right now nikki haley officially announcing her presidential run joining donald trump as a contender in 2024 who else is going to run how do we assess her viability we'll discuss that as well a lot to get into be taking your calls as well uh also this is a troubling story Dr. Jensen, who was the nominee for Minnesota governor uh, for Republicans, they're trying to take away his medical license. This is a crazy story uh, that I think we need to discuss. Also, New York City sent to the FBI fingerprint data on New York City school teachers who were refusing to get the COVID shot. What in the world was going on there? We will discuss that as well. But yesterday, I teased with you a story that I saw that to me is incredibly emblematic of the era in which we live. And in particular, what it represents uh, is the amount of young girls, 
teenage girls in particular who are really suffering in today's America. And I I don't think we are discussing this enough, but this came out of a survey, and I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, This is a CDC survey uh, on on youth behavior, and it said 57% of high school girls in the past year experienced persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness. And this number, I, I, I couldn't get out of my head, 30% of high school girls seriously considered attempting suicide in the past year. 30%. basically massively depressed. Now, the reality is, teenagers, as you well know, often are fraught with emotions. And the teenage years can be very, very difficult. If you go back and remember your own teenage years, how much time did it seem like passed between, say, when you were a freshman to when you were a senior compared to 2018 to now? And probably, if you're listening to me right now, 2018, you could snap your fingers. It felt like it just was here. And if you're a, uh, and, and that has to do with the telescoping effect of time. When you're younger, that uh, those years are so impressed upon you because you've had relatively few of them. And as you get older, years pass and don't seem to leave as big of a significant mark on your life. That's kind of the way our minds work. But what is going on right now? that 57% of teenage girls are basically suffering from some form of depression and 30% of teenage girls have thought about killing themselves in the past year. And these numbers continue to get worse year after year because we have a baseline upon which we can measure these. And you know where? This is probably not going to stun all of you, but it might stun some of you. Do you know when these rates of suicidal ideation and when these rates of massive depression, particularly among teenage girls, although teenage boys are also impacted, really took off when social media became prevalent in this country? And if you think about it, It makes a lot of sense, right? Because Instagram in particular, which is where a lot of teenage girls spend their time, is even in social media, which is an artificial construct, I've argued for a long time that social media is akin to carnival funhouse mirrors. That's the analogy, the metaphor that I would would lay out for you. Where if you've ever been to a carnival and you walk and you stop in front of those fun house mirrors where they can show you and they make you look way fatter than you actually are. They look make you look way skinnier than you actually are. When it shows your body in a non-realistic uh, fashion, that's played for laughs. You've probably stood in front of one of those mirrors before. But when we use those mirrors which is basically social media, as a 
representation of how we should behave. Oh, you're not at all super skinny, but that's what it looks like in the mirror, and so you adjust your diet because of it. Or you think, well, maybe I'm not actually, uh, uh, you know, needing to pay attention to what I eat. Uh, it it it's a really terrifying metaphor because the feedback that you're getting from that mirror is wildly unhealthy for you if you take it in a serious way. And I think, unfortunately, what has happened, and it is impacting young people more than anybody else, which I have a theory on as well, I think what has happened is those artificial funhouse mirror distortions are lodged now in teenage brains, and it's leading to a profound sense of purposelessness and unhappiness that's connected with that. And my theory is this is the people that are most fertile to embrace the woke virus which has run rampant throughout this country since social media came into effect. This is a big picture idea that I want to share with you. If you are feeling intensely unhappy, and if you are feeling psychologically unwell, you are going to project those feelings that you have internally, I really do believe, on the larger country and the world as well. And so the internal strife that you are feeling makes you believe that the country as a whole is also awful. And this is the territory that Democrats are plunging and taking advantage of more so than anyone out there. They have recognized this massive lack of purpose that has taken over in a social media age and they have weaponized it by telling all these young people your country is awful your country is sick your country is not a story of righteousness america is founded on evil and venality and therefore you cannot support anything in america And if you think about that, the woke virus is taking over in these young people because they're so profoundly unhappy with their own self and their self-image in the world because of what they're seeing reflected on social media. And I think it's particularly pernicious on Instagram. I want to open up phone calls, and and I want to hear from parents and grandparents about this. And also, if by chance you're a young person in your teens, maybe you're out of school today, in your 20s, I'd be curious to hear about the impact as well, because in addition to giving you an artificial version of the real world on social media, it's also giving you, I think in particular for girls, the people who are most popular on Instagram, this is not going to stun you, are incredibly good looking, and they have all the latest fashion, and they have all the latest clothes, and they are popular almost entirely on a cosmetic basis. Not for what they say, primarily. Not even necessarily for what they do, but almost entirely for how they look. And what I would suggest to you is, 
While you might say, well, that's not uncommon. You know, we've had Playboy for a long time. We've had Maxim Magazine back in the day. What I would suggest to you, though, is that there used to be a relative handful of people who were somewhat famous. You know, the Pamela Andersons of the world, that era. Instead of mass fame, now we have a lot of small-level fame. The best-looking girl in a high school, the best-looking girl in a sorority, and those people become very famous for their looks in those small social circles, and their lifestyle and the way that they carry themselves is making all these other girls who are not as good-looking, who may not be as self-confident, it's making them wildly unhappy in their own lives. Because you might have not... You might have known that the, the captain of the cheerleading squad was really ha- was really popular in 1984 and 1994, but you didn't see her posting bikini pics every day on your social media feeds. And there are lots of interesting discussions about what should happen, what could happen. And I don't claim to be an expert on this. I've got three boys, one teenager, one about to be a teenager, They seem to spend their time on social media in a very different way. I don't have girls. They sit around on social media and watch Madden videos. Right? How do I play Fortnite better? I'm not sure that that's super healthy, but I don't think it reflects upon their own self-image in the way that's happening for teenage girls, and I think that may explain why the desire to commit suicide, for instance, is wildly higher among girls and also why they're much more unhappy than boys. I don't think social media is particularly healthy for anyone. Uh, but I do think that for young girls, it's probably the least healthy of all. And how do we fix this? It's a big topic, big discussion. Senator Josh Hawley, who may join us later in this uh, week, he's instituted a bill that would ban anyone younger than 16 from using social media because the brains are so young, because people are not ready for that opportunity. I can see the logic there. We don't let 13-year-olds drive cars. Why should we let them have social media accounts? Now, kids can still lie. I want to have a big discussion about this. I want to hear from you guys out there as well. I think this is among the most serious issues that is facing our country right now. And I don't think it's talked about enough, even though I bet many of you out there are sensing this, feel it, and see it in your own existence, in your own families. I'm curious what all of you would think about this. 800-282-2882. How does it get solved? Because right now, Every single day, it seems to me it's getting worse, not getting better. If you own a business, life's been anything but easy. If your business has five or more employees made it through COVID, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Not a loan, no payback. It's just a refund of your taxes. How do you get your business this refund money? Go to GetRefunds.com. They're tax attorneys, specialists, little-known payroll tax refund program. They do all the work, no charges up front, just share a percentage of the cash they get back with you. Businesses of all types can qualify, including those that took PPP, nonprofits, even those 
that had increases in sales. Teams at GetRefund.com already returned over $3 billion to businesses. They can help you as well. Just go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, answer a few questions. Payroll tax refund only available for a limited amount of time. Don't miss out. Go to GetRefunds.com. No risk, high reward. GetRefunds.com. Making sense in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk, the cell phone company we both rely on, is further investing in their customers without charging an extra penny. Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in more than 50 countries, too. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you. Go to puretalk.com slash buck and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash buck, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can afford to travel this summer. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever. And it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match. Up to a hundred dollars. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code Clay. That's C L A Y to get set up and get a deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Welcome back in hour number two. Clay Travis Buck Sexton show. We're headed up to Minnesota here momentarily to talk with Dr. Scott Jensen, who was the Republican candidate for governor in the 2022 race. He is a doctor. And he is now being attacked, he believes, for political purposes. 
Uh, and this has become a real challenge for many different doctors all over the country. California, you'll recall, introduced a bill trying to dictate what doctors were and were not allowed to say. Some of you may remember I spoke at my local school board meeting uh, against masks in the summer uh, into the fall of 2021. It was a heated hearing. One of the individuals who spoke there was a uh, doctor against the wearing of masks, family friend. She had a medical uh, uh, complaint lodged against her based on coming out against masks. Uh, It is amazing how many people in the medical profession have suddenly decided that scientific methods should not apply and that you are not allowed to ask questions at all. And with that as the prelude, we bring in Dr. Scott Jensen uh, from up in Minnesota. And tell us what exactly is happening to you uh, Dr. Jensen, as a result, you think of some of the political positions that you've adopted, including running as a Republican for governor of Minnesota. Well, thank you for having me on your show. I've been investigated now six times. The first four were readily dismissed, and it appears from conversations that would with the Board of Medical Practice in Minnesota, as well as the nature of the complaints, that these are not complaints that have anything to do with anybody ever receiving a healthcare service for me. I'd never been investigated in my career, but suddenly six times. And this last time they resurrected the fifth investigation and added on a six. I think. So let me, let me, question. let me cut, let me cut you off there. These investigations would be precipitated by what, what does it require in Minnesota for a doctor to be investigated? These would be all over the map. This would be a scattergram. This is, I said that I don't think masks, prevent you with 100% guarantee from getting the disease or transmitting. I said the cotton masks don't do a whole lot. I've said that kids can't effectively wear masks. I've said that we should allow treatment standards to proceed as they normally do, allowing us to use off-label prescriptions as I've done for 40 years. I've said things about the vaccines aren't as effective as we thought they were. The VAERS data program has more problematic uh, issues with this vaccine than all the other vaccines combined for the last 30 years. All of these were the things that were if you will, complaints lodged against me, including the way I listed my position at the University of Minnesota as a clinical associate professor. So you're being investigated for sharing your opinion that masks are not that effective at preventing the spread of COVID and don't work very well for kids? I mean, sorry to interrupt you here, but shouldn't that be the essence of what doctors debate? Isn't that the scientific method at its best? I mean, there still has yet to be any study whatsoever worth its salt that suggests that masks in kids, for instance, in schooling, did anything other than distort the learning process. This is crazy. So so this targeting, what does it look like and what is it what are you required to do as a result of this targeting? It looks like and feels like a witch hunt. It looks like the Board of Medical Practice is being weaponized by people who don't like my politics. This has nothing to do with my professional behavior, the way I care for patients. This has to do with the fact that I'm supposed to have free speech, and political speech matters. How can you be a senator and run for governor and not be able to give your opinion on these kind of things? And I have been very data-driven. I've submitted articles with all of my complaints. So this feels to me really ugly is this has to be happening to doctors and i as as a prelude to bringing you on i talked about 
what we are seeing and hearing from doctors all over this country that suddenly the uh, anti-science wing of the Democrat Party has decided there's only one permissible opinion on a variety of different issues out there. Um, and I'm sure that as you're fighting these battles in Minnesota, you're hearing from doctors not only in your own state, but all over the country who are having the same issues. We're hearing exactly that. Physicians are frightened to speak up, but more and more of them are reaching out to me quietly and letting me know, hey, you know, we're with you. And then we're getting donations, contributions, a tremendous amount of support. But frankly, uh, we're seeing medical schools participate in a wokeness. And the Hippocratic Oath has been pushed to the wayside. And we're seeing other kinds of homemade oaths that tell people this class of early doctors will be doing this and this and this. And it, it's just it's unbelievable what's happened to our medical schools, our collegiate programs, doctors who've been in the program for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. People are frightened to speak up because they don't want to lose their license. So when did this start? Like you've been a doctor for a long time now. Um, I think this is jarring for many people out there. We talked about on this program, for instance, last May, Stanford, which is an elite academic institution, all of the kids that were graduating from Stanford uh, Medical School wore masks at their graduation ceremony. Uh, that is not supported by any kind of scientific need. What? When did this all start, this idea that everyone had to have the same uh, opinion in the medical profession and that it, not only did those opinions have to be consistent, they're going to be zealously searching for outlier opinions and trying to silence doctors who are not speaking the exact same truth as everyone else. Well, I can't speak for everywhere, but I think it started in Minnesota in April. That was when I raised the question of, really? You're going to lock down these businesses and say they're non-essential or they're non-safe and these other ones get to stay open? Really? You're going to lock nursing home patients in a facility where they're basically being uh, consigned to a, uh, an ugly death? You're locking kids out of school? I was the one who, in April of 2020, I said, listen, if you're going to coach me to use COVID-19 as a cause of death when it's nothing more than a contributing factor or perhaps nothing even at that level, you're going to corrupt the value of the data that we normally tabulate throughout the years. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, it was two months after I did that that I was being investigated. So I think it goes back to then, but I think medicine is showing an unbelievable appetite. When I say medicine, I mean our profession, an unbelievable appetite to be woke and to say, listen, you either go along with the standard line or, you know, you're not going to practice medicine. And this is just wrong in so many ways. We got doctors all over the country listening to you, and I know they're nodding along. And certainly we have a lot of people who are not doctors, who would include me, nodding along with you as well. How do we win? How do we fight back here and stop the medical profession from embracing all these tenets of wokeness and insisting on uniformity of opinion on so many contentious issues which do not lend themselves to uniformity of opinion because as you well know many of the things that our public health authorities told us were unacceptable to say or do were later proven to have been right while they were proven to have been wrong i think we have to be courageous we have to realize that this is about more than a single physician's career this is about the heart and soul of our nation. This is about free speech and the First Amendment. This is about the 14th Amendment and due process. We can't let up. We have to continue to fight back and, and be courageous. It's, it, it's not easy. It, it feels ugly. It, it feels frightening. But, you know, the, the definition of courage is not being brave 
when you're not you know, afraid. Courage is when you're brave and you are afraid. That's well said. And this, to me, became a big issue, doctors in particular. And I'm sure you remember this, Dr. Jensen. In around June of 2020, the American Association of Pediatricians came out and said schools have to be open. Uh, kids are going to fail more from being out of school than they are in school. And then when Trump came out and said, hey, you know what? Yes, yeah, schools need to be open. The pediatric group basically reversed their opinion. The reason why I bring this up is, is there an organization, and if there is not, someone needs to start one nationwide to defend doctors and their the scientific method and your ability to retain your medical license, even if you sometimes are sharing information that is not the majority opinion? Are you aware of an organization like that? Because... It seems like there needs to be one nationwide fighting for doctors who are willing to speak their minds. There is such an organization, and I believe its acronym is AAPS. It's an association of physicians and surgeons who've been strong and courageous, and they have been speaking up. Uh, again, it's AAPS, and I also think that if people want to know really what the some of the best science was, it was the Great Barrington Declaration written yes. by Budishar and Koldorf and Gupta. And that, that really set it right, and those people have been proven right. Dr. Jensen, how can people – I'm glad that that organization exists, AAPS. We're going to make sure we get that right. We'll share it for you on the Clay and Buck website uh, for other physicians out there that may not be familiar with it. What can people do to help you in the meantime? Because I wanted to make sure you could share your story with our audience and also speak to many other doctors out there that might be facing similar issues in their own communities. I wrote a book and released it about seven months ago called We've Been Played, and it goes at the triad of tyranny of big tech and big pharma and big government. And I believe that tyranny, of that triad, is absolutely responsible for intruding into our lives like never before. And people can purchase the book at drscottjensenbook.com, D-R-S-C-O-T-T-J-E-N-S-E-N-B-O-O-K.com. I think people need to understand what's happening to us, and if they purchase the book, I think they'll get a lot more of my perspective. Peter McCullough wrote the uh, introduction to it. And again, I really appreciate uh, you having me on your program because this is what America is all about. Thank you so much, Dr. Jensen. Keep fighting the good fight. And uh, we will certainly be uh, putting up some of those links that you shared with us on clayandbuck.com. Thank you. Um, Man. This is, uh, again, when I come back, I want to play a clip for you that came from CBS News, and I think many of you are going to be shocked by it. Uh, I appreciate Dr. Jensen coming on. Did you know, I talked about this, I believe, on the Friday edition of the program, they're finally acknowledging that the rate of heart attack in, for instance, 25 to 44-year-olds is up 30% over historic averages. There was a 25-year-old Belgian soccer goalie who collapsed and died on the field recently. Uh, there have been all sorts of relatively young athletes having heart-related issues, it appears, at a level that has not happened in the past. I'm going to play for you what is the CBS explanation for why that is occurring, and I think your jaw may well drop because... Now they can't deny that these numbers are out there, but their explanations are pretty extraordinary. Uh, guess what? I've got the MyPillow 2.0. I'm back home in Nashville. I was on the road for a week in Phoenix. And the MyPillow 2.0 
is absolutely fantastic. Patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, but now has brand new exclusive fabric made with temperature regulating threads. MyPillow right now, 2.0. Buy one, get one free for a limited amount of time with the promo code Clay and Buck. MyPillow 2.0, 100% made in the U.S., comes with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to get this buy one, get one free offer on the MyPillow 2.0. Again, enter the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269 to get your MyPillow 2.0 today. One truth revealed after another. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are tracking a ton of different stories out there. We'll get to some of your calls at the end of the hour. If you're still holding with us, want to weigh in, I'll get to you then. Uh, But we now are joined by Congressman Bill Johnson. He represents the area in Ohio that has been afflicted by this this huge spill, uh, the, the train spill that is continuing to uh, to cause more and more issues there and congressman i know there's been a lot of details that have continued to come out about this but for people out there that are following this story in general what happened and where are we now in terms of recovering from what happened okay well good i I, first of all clay thanks for having me on i really appreciate it uh look on the third of february a um a train carrying um, hazardous chemicals, um, um, uh, vinyl chloride, and some other chemicals were, uh, were traveling through East Palestine, Ohio, and the train derailed. What we are hearing from the National Transportation Safety Board is initial findings are that an axle on the train froze up and the bearings stopped turning some miles prior to getting into uh, East Palestine. Uh, The axle uh, actually, because of the heat that built up, uh, actually disintegrated, um, and it brought the train, of course, off the track, and it led all the other cars off the track. That's what caused the the incident. Uh, There were 20 of the 50 cars that left the track, 20 of them, had hazardous uh, or uh, chemicals in it, including the vinyl chloride. Um, at one point, uh, once the accident happened, uh, I got a call. Not I, I spoke to not too long after that to the CEO of Norfolk Southern, the, the railroad company, and he explained to me that those uh, cars with the chemicals were becoming unstable. And as a result, they made a decision. It was, it was the, the best of, of some bad alternatives. They made the decision to control burn or control explode, uh, the tank cars with the vinyl chloride in it so they could burn that material off as it escaped and keep it from, um, exploding organically. Had it exploded organically, he said, inside those those tankers, uh, it could have sent shrapnel uh, for a mile. You're talking about serious uh, life, limb, uh, infrastructure, homes, livestock, uh, all kinds of problems had that occurred. Thankfully, that did not occur. Now, 
That's what happened with the actual derailment. The National Tra- uh, Transportation Safety Board, uh, Clay, of course, is still in its investigation. They said it'll be a couple of weeks before we see a report. Uh, and all I've reported to you here is, are the initial findings. Now, where are we today? I was there on Monday, uh, two days ago, and I'm going back again uh, this evening for a town hall. But I was there on Monday. I toured the facility, the site where the actual fire and all the smoke and chemicals were coming from. I stood there at the epicenter uh, with the mayor, the fire chief, county commissioners, the EPA, representatives of Norfolk Southern, um, uh, uh, the uh, emergency management folks. And the mayor gave me a briefing, and he said, look, he said, for the most part, things have returned to normal, uh, as normal as they can be in a short period of time. The evacuation order had been lifted uh, when I got there on Monday, and the reason for that was because of the EPA finding that there are no uh, hazardous air uh, uh, tests. There is no indication that there are chemicals in the air that are of a concern. Uh, There are no uh, water issues uh, in the village of concern. The water and the air uh, are continuing to be tested, and they should be. This is an ongoing process, and those tests need to continue. Residents are being cared for. They, they, they come to a, um, a, a church, actually, where North, North, um, Norfolk Southern has set up their, uh, their kiosks to talk to people about their expenses, what they had to do when they were evacuated, giving them checks to cover those expenses and those kinds of things. So uh, as of Monday when I left, they were still cleaning up the site. There's still a lot of work to do to return it to its original um, uh, appearance. But as far as the the uh, the chemicals in the air, the chemicals in the ground, testing continues. But according to the EPA, the air and the water are okay. Now I can only take them at their word. I'm going tonight, and hopefully. We'll, uh, we'll get more definitive information when we get there tonight. All right, that's a great explanation of the entire situation there right now. You're a congressman that represents this area among many others. If you lived in East Palestine, Ohio right now, based on what you have known and heard, would you be comfortable staying in your home? Would you drink the water as it came out of the faucet? You know, uh, Clay, that's a good, that's a good question. Uh, I think there's a there's a uh, a healthy skepticism on the part of the residents of of uh, uh, East Palestine, and and I don't have a problem with their skepticism. I mean, you and I both know nobody trusts the federal government these days, right? Yep. That's a sad statement, but that's the truth. Um, but but I mean, the, the the EPA and the state EPA are the ones that are responsible for enforcing and testing and making sure that the Clean Air Act, the parameters associated with the Clean Air Act and the Clean Water Act are adhered to. They are the ones that have the experts that make that determination. I mean, that's as high up the ladder as it goes. So I don't think we take their word for it in the sense that we say, okay, 
deals done must be okay. I would insist on continued testing for a while. Here's an example of that. The water is not just being tested by the EPA. The uh, city, or I'm sorry, the village of East Palestine has its own village water system, and they have their own system of testing their water. And they've been doing that for years, right? So when I asked the mayor about that, because I asked him a very similar question, he said, Bill, we're not taking anybody else's word for it. We've got our people testing our water, and our people have a vested interest in this because guess what? they got to drink the water. So I'm telling you that, that what I'm being told is that the people there, uh, the officials that are running the operation, the mayor, uh, the, uh, the, the water system people, uh, they are convinced that these tests are showing that they don't have anything to worry about. But now back to your original question. Uh, I, I think if I had that kind of information, uh, I, I might not return back there if I've got an infant, you know, that's got to drink formula that's, uh, um, that's the, uh, you know, that you put formula in and you shake it up. Uh, you know, I, I would have a healthy sense of skepticism. That's why I went to um, uh, Norfolk Southern. And I said, look, explain to me how you came up with this one-mile evacuation area. What happens if somebody lives at 1.1 mile and they can smell this stuff in their home and they are concerned about their water? Who's going to help them get their stuff tested and make sure it's safe? And and so I've gone back to, to Norfolk Southern asking them to expand their their assistance program to the entire village of East Palestine because everybody has the right to to have their questions answered and we should not minimize or or just simply dismiss any question and any concern that any resident of that uh, of that community has should the Biden administration in particular our transportation secretary mayor Pete should they have been more proactive in discussing this situation? Should they be directly on the ground in terms of the transportation secretary himself, in your mind? Well, I think so. Uh, I certainly think so. I th- if I were the transportation secretary, I would be. I mean, uh, you know, that's that's what uh, that's what the, the pointed end of the spear does when you're in a leadership role like that. I really haven't heard uh, Secretary Buttigieg. I haven't heard Mayor Pete talk about this unless he's asked a question about it. I haven't heard him come out and make a statement about it. And I can tell you what, uh, Clay, he has not called me to ask me what's going on. Does that strike you as strange that he wouldn't call the congressman who represents this area since he's the transportation secretary? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I call that I call that failed leadership. Yeah. Well, Congressman, we appreciate your time. You said you're going to be uh, in the community of East Palestine again tonight? Yes. My my concern, my focus right now is focusing on the needs and concerns of, of the people that I represent there in East Palestine. Thank you so much, Congressman. And uh, will you please reach out to us again if there's more information you want to get out or something changes on this story? We appreciate uh, you making the time for us today because we've gotten so many questions uh, about this. And unlike the transportation secretary, my first thought was, hey, let's reach out to the to the guy who represents this area and talk to him about it. 
Yeah, I, I think right now, if, if I lived in East Palestine, I'd probably return to my home, Clay. Uh, you know, I, I, I think based on what I got from the mayor uh, and, and the, the boots on the ground there, uh, I think significant progress has been made to, um, to make sure that it's environmentally safe. Not stopping the testing, shouldn't stop the testing. It's an ongoing process, but, but I'm convinced that it's in a positive place. No doubt. Congressman Bill Johnson, we appreciate you for all that information, and, uh, and and maybe we'll talk to you again soon as this story continues to develop. Okay, thanks a lot, buddy. Thank you. It's pretty strong language there, I would say, about Mayor Pete and his failure. We'll discuss that a bit more, take some of your calls when we come back to close out hour number two. But I want to tell you, if you've got kids in school, like we do in this house, you're probably concerned about the education your kids are receiving. If you're past that stage of life, however, you're probably still interested in what your grandkids are learning. No surprise, our friends at Hillsdale College have a free resource for you in this regard. This is the college, by the way, provided more than 100 charter schools in this nation with an incredible array of teaching materials. In doing so, kids are being taught the accurate history of our nation, of how freedoms came to be, in addition to all the classic reading and writing skills they certainly still need today. President of Hillsdale College, Dr. Larry Arn, has spoken and written on this topic hundreds of times. His words are now contained in the most recent issue of the college's monthly publication, Imprimus. He understands the importance of education to the future of the country, and right now, you can receive 10 free print copies of this most recent issue of Imprimus entitled, Education as a Battleground. With Hillsdale College, you can make a difference by distributing these copies of Imprimus to friends in your community. Claim your 10 free copies of Education as a Battleground by visiting clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. That's clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Use your CNB 24-7 subscription to get access to the guys. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833 833- 995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk, the cell phone company we both rely on, is further investing in their customers without charging an extra penny. Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in more than 50 countries, too. 
Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Welcome in. Hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I hope all of you are having fantastic days, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. I know people are listening all over the world. And speaking of all over the world, that's where Buck is right now this week on his honeymoon with the lovely Carrie. He will be back next week. I am rolling with you guys for the rest of this week and on potentially into the start of next week, depending on how travel goes. But Buck will be back with me next week for those of you out there uh, listening along. Now, uh, speaking of all over the world, we've got Chinese spy balloons all over the world. And I saw something that I thought was pretty strange last night on CBS News. CBS came out and said that we had seen the spy balloon from the moment it took off in China and that we had been tracking it all the way for a week until it reached Alaska. This is, I think, an important revelation, assuming it's true. Always have to throw that caveat in there. Assuming this report is accurate, I want you to listen to it And then I think we need to dissect some of the implications that come out of this statement. Listen. CBS News has just learned that U.S. intelligence watched the high-flying airship as it lifted off near China's south coast. That means the U.S. military had been tracking it for nearly a week before it entered U.S. airspace, longer than originally known. What they saw was this balloon heading east from China towards Guam and Hawaii, but then it took a sharp northward turn, a beeline towards Alaska. They also revealed today that the three subsequent objects they shot down probably were not involved in spying. Okay, so all of that's kind of an important report. But let's start here. According to the CBS report, American intelligence had been, quote, tracking this Chinese spy balloon for nearly a week. Now, if that sounds strange to you, It certainly sounds very strange to me 
Uh, and Senator Josh Hawley, who we may have on later this week, when I shared this clip on social media, reacted as well uh, and said uh, something that I think is very important and certainly is one of the implications that comes out of this. Senator Hawley tweeted, he didn't shoot it down. Well, so I asked the question. Let me start with what the question that I immediately asked. Uh, so when I hear that we've been tracking this Chinese spy balloon for nearly a week, that means when it entered into United States airspace, I believe it is 12 miles off the coast of the United States or any other sovereign nation, that's considered to be our airspace. And that makes some sense, right? If you think about it, I, I looked it up because I was curious. How far off the coast is it considered to still be the United States, for instance, as opposed to international waters? The answer is, in general, about 12 miles off the coast of a mainland is when uh, we enter into international waters. If you're out there listening to me right now, and you are, let's say, perhaps 18 years old, and you have ever been on a cruise ship, and you might have noticed, hey, I can gamble and I can drink on this cruise ship, only takes 12 miles off the coast, you hit international waters, boom, you can drink and you can gamble. A lot of you out there right now like, man, I wish I'd known that on spring break. Yeah, you get on a cruise, you don't even have to break out the fake ID, you can walk into the casino, you can drink international waters 12 miles off the coast of a country, has its own law. Okay, so that's fascinating. But if we have been tracking this for nearly a week, how is it that we didn't shoot down this Chinese spy balloon as soon as it entered either our territorial waters, right, 12 miles off the coast, and certainly as soon as it entered into Alaska? Now, we were told early on something that I think is a lie. And I think it's been proven a lie based on the way things have gone of late. Remember, what was the initial response from the Biden administration when people like me came on this radio program and said, shoot the damn thing down? Remember, I told you that if I was, heck, if I was governor of a state, I would have shot it down. Again, remember last hour I said, like, my kind of rule for life is just be normal? I think for most people... If a Chinese spy balloon is in your jurisdiction, your response would be, well, that violates our national so sovereignty. Let's shoot it down. I think that's like 75, 80% of Americans would have that natural reaction. So I would have shot it down. But the Biden administration said, well, we're concerned about what might happen to others if we shot down the balloon. Well, that totally has gotten thrown out the window because we just found out on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, that one of the objects that we shot down over uh, Lake Huron up in northern Michigan, the first missile missed. I, I don't think this is getting enough attention right now. The first missile we fired from a fighter jet that was designed to take down this object in Michigan, it missed. That means we just sent a missile flying off into Michigan. And the initial reports for like a day were they didn't know where it was. Then they came out and they said, well, it's fine. It just landed somewhere in Lake Huron. 
So the Biden administration was so afraid to shut shoot down a massive balloon that was spying on us from China, even though, as you well know, if you have ever flown over the United States, there are tons of places you could shoot down a spy balloon and it wouldn't come anywhere near another human. Yet they missed this other thing that they tried to shoot down the first time that they tried in Michigan and a missile just randomly went into Lake Huron. Can you imagine if you're just a random dude and you're out in Michigan and you're like, man, I swear a missile just hit Lake Huron. All of your buddies would be like, it's winter and you've been drinking way too much, bud. You're like, no, man, I'm telling you, this huge missile just slammed right into Lake Huron. I think we're under attack from China. Maybe the Russians are here. It's Red Dawn. Everybody would have said, dude, it's northern Michigan. It's the winter. You've been drinking too much. There's no way a missile just hit Lake Huron. Oh, it did because we missed. So the argument that it wasn't safe to shoot it down when you have later decided to shoot down something smaller and actually miss doesn't hold a lot of water to me. Just FYI. But if we knew for a week that this Chinese spy balloon was on the way here, why in the world didn't we shoot it down? Senator Josh Hawley tweeted last night a really interesting response when I shared the story that you just heard. Senator Hawley said he didn't shoot it down over Alaska because the military and intelligence agencies didn't tell him about it until it had left Alaska. Let that sink in tells you who really runs this country. That's a blockbuster idea. And it's one that I've hinted on about on this program. How many people actually trust Joe Biden in this administration? Remember how every time you opened up the New York Times, the whole time that uh, that uh, Donald Trump was in office or the Washington Post, there'd be some anonymous source saying, oh, we don't trust Trump, so we don't tell him X or Y or Z. And we talked about that as being a part of the deep state. Because really, whether you trust the president or not shouldn't impact whether you do your job. Because your job is to serve the commander-in-chief. He is the express head of the United States government. And so just because you think he's not doing a good job doesn't mean that you have the authority to choose not to give him the information that allows him to do the job. But how much is going on right now inside of the United States government? They didn't trust Trump. How much right now is going on inside the United States government where people say Biden has dementia we're just not even going to tell him about this stuff. Because that's scarier to me. We have a Chinese foreign aircraft penetrating our airspace. My immediate response is we shoot the damn thing down. But what if they just didn't tell Joe Biden for several days that this was even here? Because they didn't trust his ability to make a decent decision. What if these agencies, these spy groups, are actually doing whatever they want 
without American oversight from our commander-in-chief. You want to talk about real threats to democracy? Remember, Milley said, General Milley, that if Trump wanted to do anything to China, he would call China first. Well, excuse me, that's treason. If the President of the United States orders you to do something to a foreign adversary, and the first thing you think to do is pick up the phone and call the foreign adversary and let him know what might happen, you are directly subverting your responsibility to act on the guidance of the Commander-in-Chief. But what if internally, Joe Biden as seen right now as so uniquely incompetent that they aren't even telling him major issues of national security because they don't believe he can analyze them and make a rational decision on behalf of the country. That's democracy dying in darkness, Washington Post. That's news that's fit to print the New York Times. What if our national security apparatus is so convinced that Biden is incompetent that they aren't even giving him information that is integral to being able to be the president of the United States? That seems like a big story. That seems, in fact, like a monstrous story. That seems, in fact, like the kind of story that should be leading every news outlet in the country because it would suggest that Joe Biden is not actually running the country. So who is? And what do they want? And who are they having to answer to? Who is sending the orders in the United States right now? That's a big question that all of us should be asking in the wake of this Chinese spy balloon debacle and the fact that we're firing missiles off into Lake Huron that we can't even manage to track. That, to me, seems like a really big deal. We'll take some of your calls, uh, 1-800-282-2882. You're probably not going to hear that discussed very many places, but that is very significant. Um, And I also want to play you a clip. Damar Hamlin, a football player who was injured uh, in that football game, is now come back. He was asked directly what caused his heart issue, and he declined to answer it. Plus, You're not going to believe what one Georgia state senator is saying about former Georgia resident Clarence Thomas. we got a lot of things to hit associated with that. But in the meantime, i got to tell you, as we roll into this third hour of the program, there are a lot of things out there that are constantly an issue in this country. And one of them, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is all the cybercrime that is going on on a day-to-day basis. That's why you need LifeLock. Uh, The Internet has allowed criminals access to information the likes of which we've never seen before. And one of the best things you can do to protect yourself from that is LifeLock by Norton. Uh, They will see when your information starts to be used online. They'll help you to craft protection. It's incredibly important for you to be able to protect your good name and your good credit. Remember, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Identity theft protection starts here. Join now and save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com and use that promo code CLAY, C-L-A-Y, for 25% off. 
Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 